الحمد لله وحده والصلاة والسلام على من لا نبي بعده وعلى آله وصحبه وانتبعهم إحسان إلى يوم الدين أما بعد so yesterday, yesterday we started the first lecture from the series وإبدنا تعالى we're going to try and finish it today but summarize that which I came with regarding the ayah من يبتغي غير الإسلام دينا فلن يقبل منه وهو في الآخرة من الخاسرين whoever seeks a religion other than Islam, then it will never be accepted from him. And in the hereafter, he will be from amongst the losers. So in the first part, we went over the ayah and some of the other religions, the dominant religions which are present in our society in the West, and from the religions that we went over were the religion of the Jews, the Christians, the Rawafid Shia. Likewise, we went over Buddhism, atheism, and we're going to continue and try to finish it off today with some of the usul of Ahl Sunnah, mainly from the fatwa that I brought with me, from the fatwa from the major scholars of Saudi Arabia regarding our stance and the usul and the foundations towards these other religions. So, from the next one I want to speak about briefly is Hinduism, because Hinduism is something which a lot of the Muslims from certain, you know, certain background, from certain countries, when it comes to their weddings, when it comes to their movies, when it comes to their dealings with their family members, they deal with it from a Hinduism perspective. They're affected by watching the Indian movies, and likewise their culture and clothes. So Hinduism is a religion, and we won't even get into the fact that in India you have 33 million different deities, different gods they worship. Uh, it's a religion which has over 33 million gods. And from them, as I mentioned yesterday, this is one of them. Right? This is one of them. And with them, that one is the creator. But the Hindus consider that one the Brahma as the creator. And I want to go into a little bit of their foundation that they have with them, which shows you also the truthfulness and shows you that Islam is a religion and the only religion of truth. Like the brother mentioned yesterday, the poetry, عرفت الشر لا للشر لكن توقيه ومن لا يعرف الشر من الخير يقع فيه That I knew the evil. <coughs> not just for the evil, but to avoid it. And who does not know the difference between the good and the evil, then you'll fall into the evil. So some of the evils that's present within this false religion known as Hinduism is, for example, and besides, like I said, besides the fact that they worship everything that walks, Besides that, the fact that they have a system, an oppressive caste system, right? a caste system that consists of four or five different castes, where you have the Brahmas, which they consider the heads, the heads, right, which have the teachers and the priests. They come from the head of the Brahma, the, Brahma, the Brahmins or the likes, however they pronounce it, but that's from their heads. They're the priests and their teachers. Then you have the Kashtriyas, which are the warriors and rulers which come from the arms. So the second level or the second of the caste is those that come from the arms, which are warriors and rulers. Then after them, you have the farmers, traders and merchants, the Vashiyas, which come from their thighs in that region. So as you see, each level goes lower and lower. And the next level you have, which is the lowest from amongst them, they come from their feet. The feet of their, 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 their who, who they claim is their creator, is the laborers, the workers, the shudras. 
And the rest of the, 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 the street sweepers and the cleaners are outsiders. They're not part of the caste system. So this is from their way and some of the oppression that they have within their religion besides the great oppression which is called a shirk. And this oppression that they have with them is something which they consider legitimate. It's something which they sanctified. 3,000 years ago in their books and a thousand years before, before the coming of Isa al-Islam so they claim that this was present in their books. This is present in their books that they consider holy, that they consider sanctified for them. This is what they believe in. And this is something which shows you how they deal with people. The fact that every caste, every caste, the top caste, the priests and teachers, do not eat with the lower castes. Like the ones on top, the, Bra- the Brahmins and the Shudra, those were laborers, they don't eat together, they don't mix together. Though they claim to be the same religion, they cannot mix with each other. They cannot sit with each other. They don't even eat the same food with each other. This is from the religion. And traditionally, this system still exists today. Though they're trying, as they say, trying to change it, but trying to change it, not based off their religion, but trying to change it because secularism is entering their society. But it shows you that if you believe your religion is the truth, how does it change based on other laws? How does it change based on other people's opinions? As for Islam, the Islam that was revealed by Muhammad at that time, is Islam today. And doesn't change based on desires of people. Or doesn't change based on secular education and the likes. And so in Islam, Allah says in the Quran, Allah says in the Quran, Surah Hujarat, إِنَّا خَلَقْنَاكُمْ مِنْ يَا أَيُّوَ النَّاسِ O mankind, إِنَّا خَلَقْنَاكُمْ مِنْ ذَكْرٍ وَأُنْثَى وَجَعَلْنَاكُمْ شُعُوبًا وَقَبَائِلًا لِتَعَارَفُوا إِنَّا أَكْرَمَكُمْ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ أَتْقَاكُمْ that Allah says in the Quran, that O oh mankind, O oh mankind, indeed we have created you from one male and one female. And we have made you into nations and tribes so that you may know one another. And the most noble or honorable Allah are those who possess taqwa, are those who have piety. So this is the criteria in Islam. Not that you're born into an oppressive system. You're born into a system where if you're born as a lower level caste member, you're going to stay as a laborer for the rest of your life. And this is your... So as for in Islam, the most righteous people, the most noble of people, are those who possess a taqwa. And the Shaykh Muhammad, Al-Amin Al-Shinqidi, he mentioned about this ayah. When Allah says in the Quran, إِنَّا خَلَقْنَاكُمْ مِنْ ذَكْرٍ وَأُنْثَى that indeed we have created you from one male and one female. The Shaykh, Rahimullah Ta'ala, he mentioned this shows you that the origin of the people is that they're equal. Why? Because they come from one father. And they come from one mother. وَكَانَ فِي ذَلِ أَكْبَرْ زَاجِرٍ عَنِ التَّفَاخُرِ بِالْأَنْسَابِ And inna, inna is the biggest, from the biggest deterrent of one boasting about one's lineage. Is deterrent from one boasting about one's lineage. And the fact that some people, it's deterrent, deters the people from attacking other people based off your tribe, based off your country lineage. Allah SWT clarified in here that He made the tribes, He made the nations so they can know one another. So they can know one another and they can be distinguished from one another. The Shaykh continues. The Shaykh mentions 
that the fact that Allah distinguished them with these tribes and nations, not so they can be arrogant, not so they can boast about it, not so they can attack one another, but so this shows that this distinction, this virtue of the people, is something, this virtue of the people, or, or this, the difference between the people that some are virtuous over others, is all not because of where you're from, not because of where you're born, not because of your tribe system, but because of the piety you have. Allah clarified that in the Quran, Inna akramakum atqaakum, that the most noble from amongst with Allah are those who have piety. So this is clear. The fadl, the virtue of the people, in this is with their piety. Not other than that. So this shows the difference between Islam in this aspect and this religion, which a lot of the kuffar, they visit these lands like India and play this religion up. And the now, from the aspect they play it up, from the saying that these people have culture, that these people have what they have with them of goodness. Look at this. And, and a lot of them keep their idols in their homes, boasting about the culture that they've seen in India, and boasting about this yoga and the likes of that. Showing that as for Al-Islam, Al-Islam, it destroys that from the very get-go. From the shit they have with them, and likewise from this oppressive, tyrannical caste system which you're born into, which you have no choice. And it shows you that Islam, as the Shaykh mentions, that the Islam is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because Islam does not distinguish between the people, depending on where they're from, depending on where they were born, and depending on which tribe they came from. Like the poet, he said, that Islam, as a poet he mentioned, Islam raised Salman, the Persian, who was a Persian at the time. Islam raised him. At the same time, Islam debased the disbelief, the disbelief debased who was considered noble at that time, Abu Lahab, who was considered from the Quraysh. From the best tribe amongst the Arabs. Yet when Islam came, people like him were debased and considered lowly. Though they came from the best tribes. As for Salman, who was Persian, they wasn't from an Arab tribe, Islam raised him. So it shows in Islam, that which raises the people, and lowers the people, is his deen, is the Quran, is the Sunnah. So the Shaykh continued, he said this ayah, or these ayat al-Qur'aniyyat tadul ala anna deen al-Islam samawiyun sahihun. That these ayat, or the likes of these ayat, it indicate, and is a proof, that the religion of al-Islam is samawi, it's from, it's from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And its religion is correct. وَلَا نَذْرَ فِيهِ إِلَّا الْأَلْوَانِ وَلَا إِلَّا الْعَنَاصِرِ وَلَا إِلَّا الْجِهَاتِ إِنَّمَا الْمُعْتَبَرِ فِيهِ تَقْوَ اللَّهُ جَلَّ وَعَلَى so the shaykh continues, he mentions that in Islam, there's no looking to one's colors, to the colors of the people, nor to the races and the likes of where they come from. Rather, the only thing that's considered in Islam is the taqwa, his righteousness, his obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as is mentioned in the Quran. And from that is the hadith of Abu Huraira, where the Prophet he said, إِنَّ اللَّهَ عَزَّ وَجَلْ قَدْ أَذْهَبَ عَنْكُمْ عُبِيَّةَ الْجَاهِلِيَّةَ وَفَقْرَهَا بِالْآبَاءِ مُؤْمِنٌ تَقِي وَفَاجِرٌ شَقِي As you mentioned in the hadith alayhi salatu wassalam that indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has removed from you this pride this pride, this pride of jahiliyyah and this boasting that you have by your, by, by, by your forefathers that we have a Muslim, a believer who's righteous and a wicked one who's shaki, who's considered wretched أَنْتُمْ بَنُوا آدَمُ وَآدَمُ مِنُ التُّرَابِ That you 
all are Banu Adam, the children of Adam, and Adam is from the dust. That the people should leave this boasting of their people. And this is only fuel from the fuels of Jahannam. It's a hadith. The hadith shows you the truth of Islam. Islam, it removes that. And likewise, as we know about this religion, is that they have something which they sanctify the cows. Millions of them worship the cows, as we know. Right? They worship the cows, they consider the cow to be sacred, sacred and the cow urine to be sacred. Matter of fact, sometimes when, they're, when, they're, when you're traveling there, and if you ask people who have been there, or you've seen videos, that whenever, if a cow crosses the road, usually the traffic stops, and they have to stop and wait. Because the cow is considered sacred. And at times, at times, in certain states over there, if, Muslim, if a Muslim follows the cow, they, 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 they go crazy. A mob mentality killed a Muslim, drag him out of the house. How many times they killed a Muslim based off of slaughtering of meat, right? And it shows you that when you submit to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when you worship other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how you, you humiliate, you humiliate yourself in front of a cow, you're worshiping a cow. As Allah says in the Quran, وَلِلَّهِ الْعِزَّةِ وَلِرُسُولِهِ وَلِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ Izza, honor, might, and glory belongs to Allah. His messenger and the believers. Here, there's no, there's no honor in bowing down to a cow. Worshipping of a cow. At the same time, at the same time you hear human rights, you hear the, the United Nations, when something happens in the Muslim lands, you hear around the news for two weeks, for three weeks, the Muslims are doing such and such. The Muslims are doing such and such. And you don't stop hearing about it. Yet when these people kill a Muslim over a cow, you hear nothing. It shows you the kuffar. The kuffar says, Middle Wahid. In reality, it comes back to one religion. They all worship the shaitan. That they all worship the shaitan. They knew human rights when it comes to these guys killing Muslims for slaughtering cows, animals. This is stupidity of the mushrikeen. As Ibn Qayyim, he said, That they fled. That they fled from the slavery they were created for, meaning the slavery of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then they were tried and tested by the slavery of their desires and the shaitan. So whenever these people worship other than Allah, that they worship in, in reality the shaitan. As Umar ibn Khattab, he gave the tafsir of At-Tahud to be the shaitan. As is mentioned at Tabari. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ اتَّخَذُوا الْعِجْلَ سَيْنَعَلُهُمْ غَدُوا مِنَ الرَّبِّهِمْ وَذِلَّهِ فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَكَذَلِكَ نَجِلْ مُفْتَرِينَ There are certainly those who took the calf. And of course not speaking about the Hindus, but those of the calf for worship. Then wrath from their Lord and humiliation will come upon them. In the life of this world, and this is how we repay those who fall in their lies, those who slander. And likewise, they take... After we mentioned that they take, they have 33 million different deities. We know also they have 10 main ones that they worship, like Brahma, like Vishnu, like Shiva, and each one of them has their own sifat. Some are the destroyers, some, one of them is the creator, one of them is the Lord of Compassion, Ganesha, the likes of these deities that they worship, that they themselves invented, that they themselves gave these names to. And it's a shame. It's a shame that the Muslim, when it comes to his wedding, they wear the same dresses they wear. Right? When it comes to their jewelry at their weddings, 
they were the same with the Jews. They were when it comes to before the before the before the nikah, they have a ceremony that they have. The Hindus have they call it the menus like that. I don't know what other people call it, but they have the, they, they take it from the Hindus. After that, even the way they deliver the wife, the way they uh, how they they have entourage and the way they drop the wife off at the at the wedding hall at the wedding ceremony, they get it from the Hindus. As the Hindus when they do it. They go on like some come in choppers, some go on elephants, some go in expensive cars, and the Muslims have took that from them and they rent out a whole entourage full of cars, taking it from them. But they know it, but they don't know it. But a lot of their culture they take today, if some of some of the Muslims take it from the Hindus, these that bow down to cows and worship other than Allah Ta'ala and have an oppressive caste system and worship the likes of claims that likes of this is their creator. Ajib. And the next um the next group I want to touch upon before we get into the fatwa of the Elijah to Daima is what we call the Rastafarians. Everybody's heard of them, right? The Rastafarians. And some of the beliefs that they have with them and how what they have with them is false. And they themselves don't have a specific aqidah like we have in Islam. In Islam, we have a source which you go back to the Kitab and the Sunnah. The Kitab and the Sunnah with the understanding of the Sahaba. So these Rastafarians and they themselves break down and you'll find a lot of these nationalistic movements like the Nation of Islam and the Rastafarians, the likes of these groups have similar beliefs. They have similar beliefs. So as for these, this religion that they believe in highly solacy from Ethiopia, they believe is their living God. Right? They depict a person as the living God. And as you see that the majority, if not all religions besides Islam, their worship goes back to some animal, some elephant. Because some of the Hindu gods are the head of an elephant. Some a monkey, some rats, uh, some animals. Some worship people, some worship objects, some worship the shaitan. In, in the hour they say worship the shaitan. Some worship, uh, but the point is, every other religion goes back to some person, something, some object. As for Al-Islam, it's a direct connection between you and your Creator. And that's the virtue of this religion. And likewise, from the usul, from the foundations of the Rastafarians, is that they believe that the black man was exiled to Jamaica at the hand of the white man, and the black person is a reincarnation of the ancient Israel. And they believe that the white, the white man, or the white people are inferior to black people just because they're white. And they believe that Jamaica is hell, is Jahannam, and Ethiopia is Jannah. And they believe Ethiopia is Jannah. Eh? So when the next time that you hear rappers and musicians and people who seem cool boasting about this is not cool. Nothing cool about that. Nothing cool about this religion. And likewise they believe that the near future that the blacks will rule the world. And from their usul is the hatred of white people. And the blacks are superior. And that the blacks are God's chosen people. Right? It's from their usul. And they believe that they get revenge upon the white people for the evil that which they've done of slavery and the likes of slavery. And they believe that highly solacy will lead blacks back to Africa. That's what they believed. That's what they believed. And they believe that he is the God and the ruler of black people. And that was what they believed then. But as times changed, and as they were more accepted in society, likewise, their beliefs changed. So that's again, in Islam, when times change, 
Our religion doesn't change. As for them, that's what they believed. Then as times changed, their beliefs changed. So some of what they believe now is not what they believed back then. So now they believe that heaven, for example, heaven is not something, Jannah is something of a, a salvation, it's more of an earthly idea, it's more here in this life, not in the next life, from their beliefs. And they believe that Haile Salafi, who is perceived by them, by the Rastafarians, as a living God, likewise they emphasize that God revealed Himself to His followers in human form. Right? That He revealed Himself to His followers in human form. So again, it shows you that some worship people, some are upon, some worship animals, some worship objects. You see the fall, you see how every single religion besides Islam stops some type of shift, some type of halgeism, some type of satanic belief. And Islam cuts that off at the head. Allah says in the Quran, there's nothing like him. ليس كمثل شيء هو السميع البصير. He is all seeing, all hearing. Nothing like him. Nothing like him. And likewise, the Rastafarians, the one, the one who they worship in Ethiopia, or who was in Ethiopia, a brief story about him, and then we we'll go to the next thing. This man in the 1970s, it was known that when there was a famine where he was. Unemployment was increasing and the government couldn't control their people. There was uprising. There was some civil strife. Uh, a group of the army broke away in 1974 when there was a guerrilla, guerrilla, a guerrilla war taking place at that time. So when that happened, they did a military coup over him, who they worshipped, who the Rastafarians claim is their god, right? A military coup. Their god was under house arrest. Imagine that, right? The one who you worship. The one who you worship is under house arrest. So he was under house arrest in his palace up until he died in 1975. So then when it came out that he died, some say that he died from natural causes, but they say that later, the later evidence proved that he was strangled to death. Imagine that for a second, that the one who you worshipped, the one who you claim was Allah, was strangled to death. Does that make any sense? Does it not prove to you, if you were following their way that you're upon Ba'atid, that the one who they worship was strangled to death. And then in 1992, they found his remains. They finally found his remains in 1992 in the government palace, buried under the toilet. Again, humiliation on top of humiliation on top of humiliation. The one who you worship was strangled to death. The one who you worship was under house arrest. The one who you worship's remains was found under the toilet. Subhanallah, amma yushirikum. Likewise, this leads to a group which is similar to them. Similar to them who claim Islam, the nation of Islam. That is another religion not upon the way of Islam. Though they might have the name Islam, but they're not upon Islam. The kuffar, not Muslim, nation of Islam. The nation of Islam, their founder who appeared in Detroit and then disappeared a few years after that, Wallace Lee Fard. He appeared in Detroit and then disappeared. And we know who was calling, who was actively calling, who claimed to be the Messenger of Allah in this religion was Elijah Muhammad. Elijah Muhammad. And after him now, the one who continues to propagate the beliefs of Elijah Muhammad is Louis Farrakhan. And when they first began, they were calling to freedom and equality and justice. And the likes of these ideas, of course, we know at the time they came and Jim, you know, during, during the oppression, at the black's face in his country, and he was focusing on how superior the black race was 
in comparison to other races. And they also even claimed that the Arabs were white and they were shayateen. And some of them claimed that even the Prophet Muhammad was a shaytan, but he was the best of shayateen, is what they claimed. And they claimed that there was an original race, and they emphasized their African roots. And so Elijah Muhammad, similar to what we just went over the Rastafari, he believed that God, what they call it, they say God, right? They say God. God is not something unseen. Right? That God is not something unseen. They claim that rather He must be embodied, He must be an individual. That he must be, in, must be a part, in person form. And this individual was Wallace Fard Muhammad, who was the founder of the religion. That he is God. They claim He was Allah. Right? Incarcerated in Him. Even though he was, he was also put in jail. Ajib. This one was put in jail. They worship him. But they claim he was Allah. So they said that he was worthy of supplicating to. He was worthy of worshiping. And then he himself, Elijah Muhammad, he also taught that the blacks were superior. And all, they were the source of all good. And he believed. He only believed in that which was tangible. Only that which we could see. And that's why when it comes to Ayyad Ba'ath, when it comes to resurrection, they didn't believe in it. They believed, or they believe, that the resurrection is not physical. They believe it's more intellectual. The revival of the black Americans, they don't believe that the resurrection is physical, as we believe in Islam. As the pillar of this, the pillar of Iman. And this one, he also did not believe that Prophet Muhammad was the final prophet. He declared himself to be the final messenger. And they also didn't believe that Muhammad was a prophet of all mankind. They believed that he came to the Arabs. They believed Elijah Muhammad was a prophet to their people. Right? He believed in the books, but also believed that he had a book, they had a book that was specific to the black people. Right? He believed there was a book specific to the black people. And their prayer only consists of Fatiha and other supplications facing Makkah, which sounds good. Right? Fatiha towards Makkah, sounds good. But, but, while you're imagining Wallace Fard Muhammad, you're preaching him, you're praying to him, you have to imagine him while you're praying towards Makkah. <laughs> right? This is what they believed. And in, in the beginning, they fasted in December, not in Ramadan. Right? They wouldn't fast in Ramadan when they first came. They fasted in December, not Ramadan. And each member had to give a tenth of his income to the organization. And Likewise, today in our time, Louis Farrakhan continues to propagate his kafir, his khabith, continues to propagate the beliefs of Elijah Muhammad. He continues to propagate his beliefs. Some of that which he claims is that Allah created himself. Some of the beliefs that he propagates is that Allah created himself. That all black people are gods. Amongst them, one is born every 25,000 years. From their beliefs. Haji. From their beliefs is that one black god named Ya'qub created a white man, some evil, some mad scientists created the white man as a result of some accident on some island right, from their beliefs from their beliefs that Muhammad, the son of Abdullah only came to the Arabs, not to the black people and he also claims what the rest of them claim that the white man is a devil and before we end and start the fatwa of the legend of Daima, 
I want to end with this last one, which to me is one of the most important ones, especially today. Especially those that attend universities and colleges and, and the likes of these schools in the West. Horoscopes. Right? We know horoscopes is something big in the West. A lot of the kuffar, even those that don't claim to believe in the religion, those that claim to be atheists, believe in horoscopes. They still have this shirkiyat, this polytheistic beliefs with them. As for horoscopes, where they believe it can forecast or predict a person's future, right? By the birth of a person, the time he was born, or the position of the stars, or the likes of these things. They're born in a particular sign, right? especially these things that are published in magazines and published in newspapers. Right? And we know that the Prophet ﷺ said in Sahih Muslim that whoever goes to a fortune teller, not believes in him, but just whoever goes to a fortune teller and asks him about something, then his prayer will not be accepted for 40 nights. Right? That's not bad, just going to a fortune teller. Reading these things, just going, open up this magazine, and that includes. And that includes reading the horoscopes out of curiosity. I'm just reading them, I'm curious about them, just reading them. It includes them. As we'll clarify. And likewise, in a hadith in Ahmad, on Abu Huraira, where he said, that the Prophet said, that whoever goes to a fortune teller, or a soothsayer, and believes in what he says, this time he believes in what he says, he has disbelieved in that which was revealed to Muhammad. In this hadith, Sahahu al-Bani, the Shaykh al-Bani declared this hadith to be authentic. So the first one is just going to a fortune teller, just reading these things, just reading these zodiac signs. Right? Then this one, it was Salah will not be accepted for 40 nights. As for the one who goes to them and believes in what they say, then they disbelieved in that which was revealed to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And the scholars also say, That they mention that from the reasons why, not the reason or the only reason, but from the reason why it's prohibited to go to fortune tellers, is because they speak about the unseen. And when they speak about the unseen, some du'afa al-uqul or du'afa al-nufus or juhal, some ignoramuses, weak-hearted ones or weak in their minds, when they go to them to ask about something of the unseen, something of, of coincidence, or they might get something right. They might just get something right. So it's, a, it's feared then that if they, might, if they get something right, then that weak individual might believe in them. Then that weak individual might believe in them. Drift away from his religion. Drift away from his religion. Believe in what he said. And then leave Al-Islam. Because he was deceived by this fortune teller, by this one truth that he had mixed with 99 lies. As we know, that from the most, at least I see here, astrology and the lies of the most dominant or the most widespread in the West, in turn, the universities and the newspapers and the magazines, are what they call the zodiac signs, which believe a child who was born under a particular sign, he'll be lucky. Or unlucky based off of the month he was born or the likes of that. Right? Shaykh ibn Uthaymeen, Shaykh Muhammad ibn Salih Uthaymeen, he said about this, whoever acquires knowledge, any knowledge of astrology, any knowledge of astrology, has acquired a knowledge of a branch of witchcraft. 
any, any, not any, what was it, acquired a knowledge of astrology, then this one has acquired a branch of witchcraft, which is shirk, which is kufr billah. And what's meant here is knowledge by the stars, for example, to predict, to predict earthly events. So for example, when a certain star appears, or another star appears, they predict that such and such will happen, or they predict this event will take place, and the likes of that. The Shaykh, he said, likewise they say if a person is born under a certain star, then he'll be lucky. And another star, he'll be unlucky. From different positions of the star, they predict events that will take place in the earth. This in itself leads people to disbelief, major disbelief, and a legend to da'ima. The scholars of the Sahaja, maybe they say it's haram. It's not permissible to publish these. These signs, zodiac signs, and astrology like these, it's not permissible to read or propagate them, these horoscopes. And it's not permissible to believe them. Rather, it's a kind of kufr, it's a kind of disbelief, which negates one's tawheed. This is a kind of form of disbelief which negates the very fundamentals of your, of, your, of your deen, which negates a tawheed, the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What you must do is a belligerent upon you, is you're aware of that. There's something you must know about. It's not permissible to be ignorant of these things, especially in these lands. And Shaykh ibn Taymiyyah continued and he said, We'll leave that for now and we'll start the fatwa of the legend to Daima regarding some of the usul in Al Islam. The legend of Daima, and they were asked, we got 20 minutes? No, as long as you want to finish. As long as you want? Yeah, as long as you want. Okay. Allah's Daima, they were asked a question regarding what's being propagated in the lands of the Kuffar and likewise in the lands of the Muslims. That which you call the unity of religions or interfaith. And they were asked specifically regarding things which are being propagated regarding printing the Quran. The Torah and the Injil, the Torah and the Injil, into one book. And they're asked about building a masjid, a church, and a synagogue in one place, one place of worship. They were asked about equating the religion of a Tawheed with the Trinity. They were asked about equating truth and falsehood. And they gave a nice fatwa, clarifying the usul of Islam. When it comes to these other religions, they said, "Awwalan, awwalan, fa inna min usul i'tiqadi fi al-Islam al-ma'lum min al-dini bil-darura, wal-lati ajma alayh al-Muslimun, anhu la yujad ala wajh al-ardinu haqin siwadi al-Islam." That they said, first of all, from the usul, from the foundations of the belief in Islam, which is known with necessity, which every Muslim has to know. Right, which nobody can be ignorant of, from the foundation of religion, is that the Muslims are unanimously agreed upon that there is not a religion upon the face of the earth which is correct, which is the truth, 
accept the religion of Al-Islam. No, any, any other religion is the truth except Al-Islam. And that his religion is the seal of all other religions. Meaning that his religion abrogates every other religion that came before it. Every other legislation that any other prophet came with is abrogated by Al-Islam. It is not permissible for somebody to worship Allah upon the religion of Musa salam, nor upon the religion of Ibrahim salam, nor upon the way east, nor upon the way of Nuh salam. Nor can we say it's okay for you to worship to be a Christian and worship Allah upon the way of Isa alayhi salam. Not permissible. Islam abrogated every other legislation and every other religion that came before it. Allah says in the Quran. وَمَنْ يَبْتَغِ غَيْرَ الْإِسْلَامِ دِينَ فَلَنْ يُقْبَلَ مِنْهُ وَهُوَ فِي الْآخِرَةِ مِنْ الْخَاسِرِينَ Whoever seeks a religion other than Islam, then it will never be accepted from him. And in the hereafter, he will be from amongst the losers. And this concept of unity of religions came into the lands of the Muslims by way of al-Ikhwan al-Muslimin, by way of the Muslim Brotherhood. And from the founders of this concept of unity of religions was a guy named Jamal al-Din al-Afghani, who is in reality an Irani. And he came with this concept of unity of religions to try and equate between the truth and falsehood. This qa'id al-masuni, as ulama mentioned, this, this, this principle of the Freemasons, where they remove you from al-Islam, not caring whether they put you into the religion. Just remove, the point is they remove from al-Islam. That's the point. And it's prop- it was propagated after him by Hassan al-Banna, the founder of the Khan al-Muslimin, who propagated this and also put this in the lands of the Muslims after his salaf, Jamal al-Din al-Afghani. This is a bid'ah, an innovation which can be kufr. It's not permissible in any call that you see that calls to interfaith, that calls unity of religions, is not a call of truth. He's a caller who's calling to equate between the truth and falsehood. He's calling... He's calling to equate between Allah, Rabbul Alameen, the Lord of all that exists, mankind, jinn, all that exists, equating this Rabb to Brahma, to this guy. Calling to equate Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to Wallace, Farad Muhammad. Calling to equate Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to a rat, because some of them worship rats. Calling, the point is they call into equating Allah, the Most High, to the creation, whether it be an object, animal, or a person. Not permissible. And this caller is a caller of falsehood, a caller calling you to the gates of the hellfire. And the second asr, the second Thing, the legend the second foundation thing they, 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 they clarified in this fatwa. They said, Women usul i'tiqadi fil Islam, anna kitab Allah ta'ala, al Quran kareem, wa akhiru kutubillah nuzulan, wa ahadin bi rabbil alameen. That this book, from the usul of the belief in Islam, our usul, every single Muslim, the common Muslim, the student of knowledge, the scholar, right, the, the man, the woman, the boy, the girl, every single Muslim has to believe from the usul of Islam is that the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Quran, is the last book which was revealed. The last book 
which was revealed by the Lord of the Alameen, by the Lord of the mankind, jinn, and all that exists. And that this book, the Qur'an, abrogates every single book which came before it. It abrogates the Torah, the Qur'an. It abrogates the Injil. It abrogates the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Qur'an. فَلَمْ يَبْقَى كِتَابٌ يُتَعَبَّدْ بِسْهِوَى الْقُرْآنِ الْكَرِيمِ That there is no book that Allah is to be worshipped by except the Qur'an Al-Kareem. There is no book to be worshipped by except the Qur'an Al-Kareem. That's number two. ثالثاً As for three, it's a belligate hijab al-Iman بِأَنَّ التَّوْرَةِ وَالْإِنْجِيلِ وَالْتَوْرَةِ وَالْإِنْجِيلِ قَدْ نُسِخَا بِالْقُرْآنِ وَأَنَّهُ قَدْ لَحِقَهُمَا التَّحْرِيفِ وَالتَّبْدِيلِ وَالزِّيَادَةِ وَالنُقْسَانِ كَمَا جَاءَ بَيَانُ ذَلِكِ آيَاتِ مِنْ كِتَابِ اللَّهِ الْكَرِيمِ That they clarify that it's obligatory to believe. It's from the usul. It's from the foundations of your belief. That's obligatory to believe that the Torah and the Injil, the Old Testament and the New Testament, it's obligatory to believe these books have been abrogated by the Qur'an. And it can no longer be used as proof. They can be no longer used as evidence to worship Allah Taala by. They're abrogated, and they have been distorted, and they have been changed. Additions have been put, and verses have been removed. It's obligatory to believers, as has come in the Quran, as Allah says in the Quran. فَوَيْلٌ لِلَّذِينَ يَكْتَبُونَ الْكِتَابِ أَيْدِيهِمْ ثُمَّ يَقُولُونَ هَذَا مِنْ عِنْدِ اللَّهِ لِيَشْتَرُوا بِهِ ثَمَنًا قَلِيلًا فَوَيْلٌ لَهُمْ مِمَّا كَتَبَتْ أَيْدِيهِمْ وَوَيْلٌ لَهُمْ مِمَّا يَكْسِبُونَ As Allah says in the Qur'an, Woe be to those who write the book with their own hands. Then they say, this is from Allah, to purchase by the small price. Woe be to them, or woe be to that which your hands write. Woe be to that which they earn. So Allah is telling you here in the Qur'an, that their books have been distorted, their books have been changed. So it's obligatory upon a Muslim to believe this. So the, 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 then how can it be? How can a person claim to be from Ahlul Sunnah? Claim from Ahlul Sunnah and claim they were all upon one way. Claim we're all upon the way Ibrahim salam. Claim we're all mon- monotheistic religions. Ba'atil. You know they're upon Ba'atil. Concealing this. Concealing the usul. Concealing the fact that Allah made takfir upon the Jews and the Christians. And this is this kind of belief is dominant in a lot of the Sufiya. A lot of the Sufiya call to unity of the religions, to unite between the truth and falsehood. And likewise, the Shaykh he mentions, the lesson Da'ibah he mentioned, Hafizahullah Ta'ala, the Walihada, فَمَا كَانَ مِنْهَا سَحِيحًا فَهُمَنْسُوخُ بِالْإِسْلَامِ That which is within their, within their books, which is authentic, then it's abrogated by Islam. Islam has abrogated it. Not correct. Right? It cannot be used. It cannot be used. And besides that, besides that which is in there, which is truth, but it's been abrogated by Islam, then it's considered distorted and it's considered changed. As been established in the hadith on the Prophet ﷺ, that he got angry. The Prophet ﷺ got angry that when he seen Umar ibn Khattab, he had some scrolls with him from the Torah. He got angry. He said, Afi shakin anta ya ibn Khattab? He said, Are you in doubt? O son of Khattab? He said to Umar ibn Khattab. 
He said, you in doubt? He said, He said, did I come with something clear? Clear clear and white, something clear? So he said, and He said, if Musa, my brother Musa was alive, he would have no choice but to follow me. So here's proof. Hadith is Sahih and Ahmad. That is proof. That Umar al Khattab, who from amongst is here, is it upon, is, it has the same knowledge, the same level of Iman, the same level of knowledge as Umar al Khattab. Yet the Prophet got angry and asked if he's in doubt and said to him, والسلام, that even if Musa السلام, was alive, he would have no choice but to follow me. And this hadith is a proof likewise as Shaykh Rabi in his Majmu' al-Fatawa used this hadith as a proof to show you it's not permissible to read from the books of people of Bid'ah. This hadith is, not, is proof that it's not permissible to look into the books of the people of innovation. The people who likewise call to changing the religion knowingly or not knowingly because Bid'ah changes the religion. It starts off some small to resemble the truth up until it's something which is completely foreign and has no connection with Al-Islam. Rabi'an, number four, the fourth foundation from the foundations of Al-Islam that's a believable ever to believe in when looking at these other religions, when it comes to the likely unity of religions and these things. That means, usul i'tiqad fi Islam anna nabiyyina Muhammad وَرَسُولَنَا Muhammad صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمُ هُوَ خَاتِمُ الْأَنْبِيَاءُ وَالْمُرْسَلِينَ That's a belief, it's a belief from the foundations in Islam that our Prophet and our Messenger Muhammad صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمُ is the seal of all Prophets. There is no Prophet after him. As you see, so those religions that come and they claim to have a Prophet within them, kuffar, not Muslims. But they be from the Qadiyaniyyah. Have you ever heard of Qadiyaniyyah? The Ahmadiyyah? Who claim that their man, Ghulam Ahmad, was a prophet. Kuffar. There's no prophet after Muhammad. So Allah says in the Quran, وَمَا كَانَ مُحَمَّدٌ أَبَا أَحَدٍ مِّنْ رِجَالِكُمْ وَلَكِنْ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ وَخَاتَمَ النَّبِيِّينَ Ayah in the Quran. Allah says in the Quran that Muhammad is not the father of any of you men, but he is the messenger of Allah and the seal of all prophets. Allah says in the Quran Ahzab, Surah Ahzab, clearly telling you that, that Muhammad Sallallahu is a seal of the Prophets. So the the the, the, the da'imah they continue. وَلَمْ يَبْ فَلَمْ يَبْقَى رَسُولٌ رَسُولٌ يَجِبِ اتِّبَاعُهُ سِوَى مُحَمَّدْ Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam وَلَوْ كَانْ أَحَدٌ مِنْ الْأَنْبِيَاءِ اللَّهِ وَرُسُلِهِ حَيًّا لَمَا وَسِعُوا إِلَّا اتِّبَاعَهُ They mention that there is not a messenger that is obligatory to follow, except Muhammad Wasallam. That even if any of the prophets, or any of the messengers were alive today, then they would have no choice but to follow Muhammad Wasallam. Like when Isa salam comes back, when he comes back, he's going to follow the Sharia of Muhammad Wasallam. He's going to follow the Sharia of Muhammad Wasallam, as they clarify in here. And likewise, they continue, they mention, كما أن من أصول الاعتقاد في الإسلام أن بيتة محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم عامة للناس أجمعين. From the foundations of our belief, of our aqidah, that we have to believe 
that's a belief upon us to believe. And if we don't believe this, this can be as exiting from Islam. That we believe that Muhammad, the sending of Muhammad وسلم, was to all of mankind. Was to mankind and jinn. All of them. As Allah says in the Quran, وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ إِلَّا كَافَةً لِلنَّاسِ بَشِيرًا وَنَذِيرًا وَلَكِنْ أَكْثَرَ النَّاسِ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ that we did not send you except to all of mankind, all of the people, as a bearer of glad tidings and a plain warner. But that most of the people do not know. That most of the people do not know. So the Prophet ﷺ was sent to all of mankind, not just specifically to the Arabs, as some of the people say. His sunnah was not to the Arabs only. His sunnah was to the Arabs and to the non-Arabs. And number five, the fifth foundation from the foundation that's obligatory upon us to believe يَجِبُ اِعْتِقَادُ كُفْرِ كُلِّ مَنْ لَمْ يَدْخُلْ فِي الْإِسْلَامِ مِنَ الْيَهُودِ وَالنَّصَارَى وَغَيْرِهِمْ وَتَسْمِيَةُ كَافِرًا That's obligatory to believe. It's obligatory to believe in disbelief of every single person that does not enter in the fold of Islam from the Jews, the Christians and other than them. From the Jews, the Christians, and other than them. As obligatory to name them, kafir, kufar. Right? They continue. And that the kufar, the enemies of Allah Taala, enemies of His Messenger and the believers. Obligatory. And they continue and they mention. Before I continue that, unlike some people today, especially in these times, in the, in the times where everybody is speaking about Islam, and people are making what they call social experiments about Islam, putting social experiments on YouTube, Muslims making these experiments with music in the background, trying to affect the hearts of the people, some soft music, or some soft rhythm in the background to make you emotional. And one that I've seen recently was that a Muslim dressed up as a Jew entered a masjid in America as a Jew asked the Muslims, am I allowed to worship in your masjid? they said, yeah, no problem, worship in your masjid, no problem so they're making salah and this guy next to him rocking back and forth with Torah in his hand, rocking back and forth doing that, and the people are just okay with it and he's, they come up to him asking him MashaAllah, MashaAllah, this is nice we're all from Ibrahim, we're all the same religion we, we believe in the Torah we believe in Ibrahim as if Ibrahim is their prophet. As if the Torah they have with them is the same Torah Allah revealed. As if they're allowed to worship how they worship, worshiping inside the Masjid of Allah SWT. They were justifying it. Every the Masjid was packed to the back. Every single Muslim was justifying and okaying and allowing this Jew or this guy who pretended to be a Jew to worship his way according to his way in the Masjid of Allah SWT. Nobody had a problem with that. And this is from the humiliation and disgrace that us Muslims live in today. That we don't know the foundations of our religion, yet everybody's speaking about the religion. And this is from the meeting, and a lady came to me after and said to him, the issue that's going on in Palestine is just political. Nothing to do with belief. We believe our belief is the same. We're all Abrahamic faith, we're all we all believe in Tawheed, monotheistic we don't And this is why the people have no success in regaining Palestine. This kind of aqidah, 
with this kind of belief that are strife with the Yahudis over land not over Aqidah not over creed you never get a Palestine back like that what's the difference between you and the Kafir? you're fighting over land, they're fighting over land what's the difference? actually they're the Yahud they've openly proclaimed they're fighting over Aqidah they're fighting over their Aqidah and the Muslims are shy when she, when 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 Sheikh Abdullah ibn Baz when he refuted pan-Arab nationalism that was going at the time time of Saddam Hussein that Ba'athist movement he, when he refuted that from that which he mentioned is that if we fight or we accept this nationalism this Arab nationalism then that means that Muslims who are not Arabs have to leave our fold and kuffar who are Arabs have to enter into our circle which is not correct. He refuted that, destroyed that da'wah. So likewise, when it comes to the uh, issue of Palestine, and you're fighting over land, then any kafir can fight next to you. You can fight for any cause, raising any fight. That's why there's no tawfiq. There's no, there's no success from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this, this bid'ah is propagated today by, from the heads of the people of innovation today, the heads of Iqlam al-Muslimin, who propagates this da'wah, the are strife in Palestine, is not, is not over uh, 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 Aqidah, it's over land. And one of them puts his white turban on and he goes crying to the people, shedding crocodile tears, claiming the same thing. I love the, I like the Jews, I love the Jews. But I strife over them is over is them, them Zion is just over land. And this is why the, the state you're in is the state you're in. With the likes of this Aqidah, you'd never liberate anything. Things just get worse. And that's why when the scholars they mention return back to your religion. Return back to your religion. Return back to your religion. They mean return back to the usul of your religion. Return back to your aqidah. Return back to your wala for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You have allegiance to Allah. You have allegiance to His Messenger. You have allegiance to the believers. And you free yourself from kufr and the people of kufr. They, the, the, the lesson they continue, they say, um, that indeed those disbelieve from the people of the book, from the Jews and the Christians, and the Mushrikeen, and the pagans, then they're in a the hellfire forever, for eternity. That these are the worst of creatures. And other than that, from ayat which clarify the kufr of the disbelievers. It has been authentically reported in Sahih Muslim. This hadith which is Sahih. In Sahih Muslim, where the Prophet ﷺ said, لا يسمع بأحد من هذه الأمة يهودي ولا نصراني ثم يموت ولم يؤمن بالذي أرسلت به إلا كان من أصحاب النار. The Prophet ﷺ said, there is not, there's nobody who hears about me from the Jews and the Christians. They hear about me, then they don't believe in that which I came with then they don't believe in that which I came with, then they die upon that, except that there are people of the hellfire. Hadith which is clear. Hadith which is clear. That وَلِهَذَا فَمَنْ لَمْ يُكَفْرِ الْيَهُودِ وَالنَّصَارَى فَهُوَ كَافِرُونَ تَرَدًا لِقَادِ الشَّرِعَةَ مَنْ لَمْ يُكَفْرِ الْكَافِرِ فَهُوَ كَافِرُونَ So they mention that based off this hadith and these ayat and other them, that whoever does not make takfir, whoever does not proclaim that a Jew, that the Jews, or a Jew, or the Jews, uh, and, the, and the Christians are kuffar, then this one's a disbeliever. Whoever ch- tries to legitimize their religion, tries to okay their religion, then these ones are disbelievers like that. Right? 
Sadisan, they mentioned number six. أَمَّا هَذِي الْأُصُولِ اَعْتِقَادِيَّةِ وَالْحَقَاقِ الشَّرْعِيَّةِ فَإِنَّ الدَّعْوَةِ إِلَى وَحْتِ الْأَدْيَانِ وَالتَّقَارُ بَيْنَهَا وَسَهْرِيَا فِي قَالِبٍ وَاحِدٍ دَعْوَةٌ خَبِيثَةٌ مَاكِلَةٌ وَالْغَرْدْ مِنْهَا خَلْطُ الْحَقِّ بِالْبَاطِلِ That they mention that this da'wah I'm going to summarize now this da'wah this da'wah that you hear today that's being propagated with unity of religions and these interfaith dialogues that are being propagated today, which are trying to bring near the religions, which was first again established in the lands of the Muslims by the Muslim Brotherhood. And their founder, Hassan al-Banna. And the likes of them who follow them is a da'wah, is a da'wah which is khabitha, which is filthy. A da'wah where there's a plot behind it, there's a ploy behind this da'wah. And the intent behind this da'wah the objective behind this da'wah of those who call to this da'wah is to try and mix try and mix between the truth and falsehood to destroy Islam and to destroy the foundations of Islam and to drag and to bring the people from Islam into apostasy into riddah like Allah says in the Quran وَلَا يَزَالُونَ يَقَاتَلُونَكُمْ حَتَّى يَرُدُّوكُمْ عَنْ دِينِكُمْ إِنْ اسْتَطَاعُوا That these people, they do not cease to fight you on account of your religion, up until they make you leave your religion, if they're able to. Ayah in the Qur'an. Allah says in the Qur'an, this ayah in the Qur'an, and from that which you see, the kuffar applying this ayah, was what took place in the 90s. I remember it took place in the 90s, in Bosnia, when the Muslims in Bosnia had little connection with Islam. Their names were Muslim names. But when they, the way they acted, they still acted like the Christians, the Christian servants over there. They drank like they drank. Some of them married their women to their men, to the, to the Christian kuffar men. Some of, them, some of them told us over there that when, it, when the people called the Adhan, they used to say that we know this from our fathers. Right? But when they came down to it, when they came down to it, they still killed them on account of their religion. Still tried to make them leave their religion, and they knew nothing about their religion. Showing you that this was in the 90s, in the era of human rights. Right? But let alone the fact that those who know their usul and the ways that they come, like some of the Muslim lands like Saudi Arabia, how they plot and plan to build, for example, houses. Well, they're building some of them uh, a long time ago. They were told to build a masjid, and they built a masjid in the form of a church. And then they were removed and kicked out. And Sheikh Ibn Baz gave that fatwa, not allowing them to build masjids no more, and had them removed from the Saudi from, from, from the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. And Allah says in the Quran that the Jews and Christians of Muhammad will never be pleased with you, hatta tabi'amilatahum until you follow their religion. Now in the last one, last one, and then inshallah, last one, I'll stop here. Tafadr. Sabi'an. And it's from the most important one. And it's from what we see missing from many of the callers to Islam. Many of the callers who claim to be callers of Ahl-Sunnah is from the athar, min athari hadhi da'wah, al-athima. إلغاء الفوارق بين الإسلام والكفر. That 
from the effects of this da'wah, from the effects of this da'wah, is that it removes differences between Islam and Kufr. It removes the differences between Islam and Kufr, from good and from evil. And likewise, it breaks the barriers. It breaks the barriers, the barriers which make Islam, which prevent the Muslims from becoming Kufar. It breaks the barriers. And you see a lot of them callers, they dress like the Kufar when they call, suit and tie, da'wah. The way they look, they look like the Kufar. You ask them a question about imitating the Kufar, they start mocking them a hadith. Right? And you see these people and their followers at the same time praising the Kufar when it comes to the ulama of Ahlul Sunnah, mocking them, speaking ill of them, calling them names, shows you that their scale of good and bad is upside down. Upside down. And they continue, the legend da'ima continue, that this da'wah means la wala wala bara wala jihad wala qitali ilai kalimatillah fi ardillahi ta'ala that this da'wah means there's no wala there's no allegiance for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala there's no bara there's no disassociation from the kuffar and their kufr with this da'wah you see no wala or no bara no association to Islam and the Muslims no association to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and no removing yourself and freeing yourself from the kuffar and this is the asal which the majority of the people have fallen shortened as Sheikh Ubaidi mentioned in the Sharh of al Thalatha, that this is the foundation which many of the Muslims, many of the callers, I should say, leave out, conceal, hide, try to flatter the kuffar. One of them, when 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 a shooting happened in Orlando, with uh, in the, in the, in that club, in that gay club, when a shooting happened, one of the heads of the Quran Muslimin came on the news and he said that we send our condolences to our LGBT community. What do you mean our LGBT community? We have no LGBT in Islam. We have no LGBT community in Islam. Right? Showing you that their da'wah, their da'wah removes the fawariq between Islam and kufr. That their da'wah is a means, is a, is a pathway to enter their way, to enter the way of the kufr. They have no problem with that. A lot of the people in Bidah have no problem with that. Their main goal is as long as you follow their hizb, as long as you follow their group, as long as you follow their party, their wala wal bara is based off their group. That if you criticize their group, you criticize Al Islam. Yet if you criticize Islam, khalas, we can leave that to the side. No problem. And one of the biggest proofs to that is how they have allegiance to the Rawafid Shia. How when Khomeini came into power, the Muslim Brotherhood, they went to Iran in the 70th year Bay'at al Khomeini. Though Khomeini claims that he wants to wipe out Makkah and Medina from existence. The Khomeini claims that all the Aimma, the twelve Imams, control everything in the heavens and the earth. The Khomeini claims that Abu Bakr Umar Uthman is a kafir. And Aisha is a kafirah. This is the belief of the Rawafi Shia. Yet you have the likes of these Ikhwan al-Muslimin, those who are like them, propagating their da'wah, sanctioning their da'wah, and okaying what they're upon. Yet when it comes to Ahlul Sunnah, Hatred. Though they just talk about Quran Sunnah, Kitab Sunnah. And likewise, number eight is that the da'wah ila wihdat al-adyan 
إن صدرت من مسلم فهي تعتبر ردة صريحة دين الإسلام تنبر أيضا يمنسن تأدي دعوة unity of religions if it comes from a Muslim then it's considered apostasy clear apostasy from Islam it's considered one exit in the religion of Islam if it costs unifying all the religions and and, and and that's why yesterday and today I mentioned some of the beliefs of some of the main religions we see some of the main religions we see today they're mainly either propagated by celebrities they make Rastafarianism seem cool or some of the religions are propagated by some of the liberal kuffar that when they go to India for example they play up Hinduism and yoga and the likes or Christianity and Judaism and the likes we showed some of their beliefs and why equating that and Islam is kufr like worshiping this guy for example and those who are like him right you see why these things are kufr in this belief and it's even worse in color if you see it in color it's even worse but these things cannot be equated to religion of Islam and we're not just saying that because we're saying that we're saying that because how do you put a statue which you make yourself which you have to move when they move when they move houses when they move houses one of the brothers here he can tell you that we're, one time we're doing, we're doing a move job and uh, we used to have a moving company and we're moving and uh, they said to us the truck was full and they wanted us to move an idol one of the idols they used to worship they wanted us to move it, move it to their this apartment complex that they were moving to and we're thinking how do we how do we refuse so we're thinking how to refuse it so we, we refused we refused we said we can't move it and um, he insisted us we said okay so we, we, we picked the idol up put it in the truck and moved it put it in the truck and broke it we just like 15 years 14 years we destroyed the idol completely destroyed took it apart put it in the storage you didn't even know about it but the point is this guy needed somebody to move the one he worshipped he worshipped this thing he prostrated this thing. They used to be, be, every time when they used to move into a house, the Hindus, I moved a lot of them. When they, not idols, but a lot of Hindus, I mean. Uh, the only idol I moved, I broke it. We smashed it, we broke it. So when, when, they, when, they, when they used to move into their houses, they put bananas, they put juice, and they put certain foods there to feed them spiritually. And we weren't allowed to walk in that room because he said they were doing some ritual. But the one who they worshipped, they had to move it. Subhanallah. How can you equate that with Islam? No comparison. Islam is a virtue, Islam is a ni'mah blessing that you have from the greatest blessing, this aqidah you have with you this aqidah is the greatest blessing that you have with you I tell you that the shaykh, the, 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 the legend of Daimah they mentioned that da'wah is apostasy, is apostasy because it completely clashes with the foundations of the i'tiqad with the foundations of the aqidah it means that you're pleased with disbelief it means that a person is pleased with this belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It means that one, by accepting the da'wah, that he nullifies the truthfulness of the Qur'an. Nullifies it. Tasi'an. I'm going to summarize now. Tasi'an. He said number nine. Just to solidify that which came before. They mentioned, فَإِنَّهُ لَا يَجُوزُ لِمُسْلِمُ يؤمن بالله ربا وبالإسلام دينا وبمحمد صلى الله عليه وسلم نبيا ورسولا الدعوة إلى هذه الفكرة الآثمة والتشجيع عليها وتسليكها بين المسلمين فضلا عن الاستجابة لها والدخول في مؤتمراتها والندواتها والامتماء إلى محافلها 
Number nine, they mentioned it's not permissible for a Muslim who believes in Allah as his Lord, who believes Islam as his religion, and Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam as his prophet and messenger, to call to this sinful, this disgusting da'wah, and encourage to it, and to propagate this amongst the Muslims, as well as respond to it, or enter into its conferences and its seminars. Not permissible, one. Number two, it's not permissible for a Muslim and you're going to hear this call, and this call has already started, it is not permissible to print the Torah, nor the Bible of the Christians, or the Torah of the Jews, alone, in its own book. It's not permissible for somebody to print them by itself, let alone with the Kitab, with the Quran in one book. Not permissible in one book. Whoever does this, whoever calls to this, and is declaring his guidance, He's far away from the usul of Islam. Because with that, you're saying that the Quran, the book of Tawheed, is the same as the Injil and the Torah. Two books which have been distorted, which are full of shirk. Or today, which are distortion. Books which accuse the prophets of, 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 of disgusting things, which they wouldn't accuse their friends and fathers of. Not permissible to print them by himself, let alone print them with the Kitab of Allah in one cover. Likewise, it's not permissible for a Muslim to respond to the da'wah of building a masjid and a church in one place of worship. Not permissible. Because in that, when a person does that, he's acknowledging that you can worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon their way. That you can worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon the way of Christianity. That you can't worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the way of Judaism. This is a da'wah where they call to the Abrahamic faith, uniting the Abrahamic faith. Not permissible at all. So what do you think about other religions which are worse than these religions? And in this way, if you do this, then the Mashaikh they mention that with this, you're acknowledging or you're saying that these religions are the same. There's no difference between them. That Islam didn't abrogate these two religions. Islam abrogated these two religions. Allah says in the Quran, وَمَنْ يَبْتَجْ غَيْرِ الْإِسْلَامَ دِينَةً فَلَنْ يُقْبَلَ مِنْهُ وَهُوَ فِي الْآخِرَةِ مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ Whoever seeks a religion besides Islam, it will never be accepted from him. And in hereafter, he will be from amongst the losers. As for the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they're not meant for disbelief. And for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone, you can't, you can't, in, 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 in the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, trade is not permissible. Trade is not permissible in the house of Allah ta'ala. So what do you think about kufr and shirk? So what do you think about kufr and shirk? Ten. Number ten, and close to finishing, is that it's obligatory to know that the da'wah of the kuffar bi'amma wa ahl kitab bi al-islam wajiba ala al-muslimin bin nusus al-sariha min al-kitab wa sunnah that calling that it's obligatory for the Muslim to know that giving da'wah to the Jews and Christians specifically and to the kuffar generally is obligatory for the Muslims that it's obligatory to give them da'wah to Islam. And the text in the Kitab and Sunnah are clear. Well, I can. That 
call them to Al-Islam, does not mean that we join them in their da'wah, we join them and unite with them based off Abrahamic religions or based off humanitarianism, which is new word which is being propagated. As Shaykh Al-Fawzan mentioned, doing something for humanitarianism. Anything that's good, humanitarianism, Islam where he came with. We do it for the sake of Allah, not for humanitarianism. As Shaykh Al-Fawzan refuted that in one of the khutb that he gave, that it's the name of Islam. So the Shaykh, he mentioned, I'm going to finish here, that the da'wah to Islam is not done except by way of clarifying the truth. Clarifying the truth, not compromising the truth, clarifying the truth. Debating in that which is better. Without, without, without at-tanazul and shay'im in shara'il Islam, without relinquishing yourself from any of the foundations of Islam. That when you call to Islam, and you give them da'wah, and you debate with the kuffar, that is not permissible to start giving da'wah and to relinquish from some foundations to say, okay, I'm not going to do, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to, I'm going to hide this. So I'm also not going to say this. Or I'm not going to do this to please you guys. So bring close to Islam. They said da'wah being pushed by the ikhwan al-Muslimin that the ends justify the means that we can lie, that we can do this, we can do that to get to our goal. It's not permissible. Not from Islam. And we'll stop here. Uh, no, we'll stop here. We're over our time. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Jazakumullahu khairan.